Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. <laughs> well, the Fields Brothers Show podcast for May 26th, take two. Roger, oh. I feel like we're in one of those Hollywood productions where, they, you know, they have the little square 18 inch square thing where they you know kind of flips up on one end they say okay take two or take three yeah, or whatever yeah yeah, yeah whatever this, yeah. Is, this is another redo so do you want to you need to explain what all is going on with this well podcast. we do have it but jeff we're excited here we have a new mixer and there was a little bit of a learning curve on it and so the first <laughs> podcast um did not come out as planned and so we're redoing it uh this again. time again and so we're uh um, so anyway, we're, we'll st- I'm still learning, you know, this this mixture, but I think we've got most of it, most of the kinks ironed out. We'll see how this goes. But anyway, you're, where, you call, where are you at now? You're on the phone too, and you tell people this. That's why you sound slightly different than I do. You're on a phone. Yeah, where are you for at? The first time, for the first time ever, we're uh, we're doing this in two different locations where yeah. you and I are not together, looking at each other across the table. I'm in uh, Springfield, Illinois. Illinois. Uh, here with yes. And why Southern would you Illinois. be in Ill- Who would want to go to Illinois? We have, we have, my wife has family in Illinois, so we right. are here for uh, my mother-in-law's 80th birthday celebration later today. Well, that's cool. Tell her I said and happy so, birthday. Um, so we're here for three nights and have Josiah with us. And uh, so I'm in a hotel room right now in uh, Springfield, Illinois. I started saying Missouri, but Spring, Springfield, Illinois. Yep. And so um, we'll try to keep the background noise quiet here. And so this will be the first time, you know, we're not able to see each other during the podcast. So if you roll your eyes at me or something like that, I'm not going to be able to tell. Now, it. would I do that? I mean, really? Roll my eyes. I mean, that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit, but that's okay. Well, yeah, we, had, so, we, had a good, we had a good weekend this past weekend, you know, or a few days, actually not a weekend, a few days ago. Right, right. You know, we had a trip on um, Thursday afternoon Yeah. to um, Brooksville, Kentucky. Rackham County, Kentucky. We yep. You can Google Brooksville, Kentucky. And this kind of a, an annual pilgrimage we take there with our wives and our mom to the cemetery where our father and all four of our grandparents are buried right there close together yep. and uh, made for a very good day. Yeah, I had a good time. The trip up there was good. It takes about an hour and a half to get there from Lexington and had good, you know, it's a good time going up there. And uh, Teresa, your wife was with us and Lori, my wife. And so the five of us make this trip every year. We stop in Cynthiana, usually stop in Cynthiana coming back and eat it by Yankees. This time we ate it by Yankees on the way up. And so that's a bit of a tradition too for us. So anyway, good weekend. And uh, dad passed about almost five years ago. And so anyway. Well, Roger, we we uh, ready to introduce, ready for me to introduce the topic or you got anything Yeah, no, go us? ahead. That's fine. Well, let's go ahead. It's, this is something and, and we're doing something a little bit. We, we, Tried it out last week, and we kind of liked the way it went, where we, we do have a topic in mind that we've talked a little bit about before the podcast, or at least what, so each of us do a little bit of uh, preparing, preparation. Show, we call it show prep in the industry, Jeff. Show prep. Show prep. Okay, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, show prep. But we don't share it with each other other than just the general topic. Last week, we did that on, you know, what's it mean to be a carnal Christian? And so, you know, we're able to prepare a little bit. So we think that went well. So we're trying to do that again. So to, the, the topic today, though, is one we've, we've mentioned briefly at times, but I want to start out actually with a question because it was a question that popped in my mind several years ago. I was preparing a message at the congregation we were involved with at the time, and the question is this, and I've asked several people this since then, and it's interesting what, what response you get. And the question is this, when you hear the phrase, the Word of God, what image pops into your mind? 
I'll repeat that. When you hear the phrase, the word of God, what picture or what image comes to your mind? I'd like and to answer that. People, Let me answer that. Okay. And, and I, don't think, I don't think this is not the answer that we're going to come to in this podcast. But, I mean, I have to admit, honestly, that because of the way I have heard this phrase used all of my life, um, you know, when somebody says the Word of God, I think of a book. I think of, a, of the Bible. Right. And, and what, uh, what dawned on me a few years ago, I was preparing a message related to John 1. And we'll talk more about that as we get in. But, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then there's another verse later on I think you'll be, you'll be reading that. And it just really struck me. And, you know, I didn't hear this from anybody else. This was just, uh, you know, when you're working on sermon, you know, uh, full disclosure here, you know, most sermons are plagiarized for the most part. You just, you know, just compile everything a lot of other people have said. But this is one thought that I felt like, you know, Spirit just kind of opened my eyes to see is that when we hear the phrase word of God, we really should, or it's best to, and more accurate to think of a person rather than a book. That in scripture, the word really is a person. And so that's what we want to talk about because it does have, you know, it, it affects a lot of different parts. Oh, it, it has a huge impact on the way you interpret a lot of scriptures. Yeah. Right. Well, here, let so, me, since uh, you refer to it, can I read it? I mean, John, yeah, you know, yeah. 1, 1 says the word was with God, word was God. Um, and then verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. So it's clearly talking about Jesus. So this is in the very first chapter of the gospel of John, John says very, very clearly that Jesus was the Word who became flesh. And so when we think of the Word of God, and there's other places that will indicate this too, but this is one place where it says the Word became flesh. The Word in the New Testament, um, among you know the New Testament writers, the Word typically refers to the Word, Word, or Word, Word of God. That's clear. <laughs> became, becomes flesh is Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. The word did not become papyrus. The word did not become paper or a paperback book or a hardcover book. The word became flesh. And so that, and that so changes what, the way interpret a lot of scriptures. Right. I mean, so, and it's not just an academic question. It's not just, well, okay, yeah, that's, that's a neat little theological nuance or whatever. But no, it's not just that. Uh, because what happens, I, you know, for me, I think, you know, we both went to Bible college. We, we learned a lot of Bible knowledge and, and very glad for that. Do not, uh, Begrudge that at all. I'm very thankful for that, and for all the time I had studying, working, you know, working on sermons for ten years when I was a full time pastor. But what happens when we just so quickly default the phrase "the Word of God" to the Bible, to a book, without realizing it, our connection or our relationship becomes more with a bunch of information and words on a page rather than Jesus Christ, the person. And so the word became flesh. Well, like and for a couple some, of groups. Well, let me, let me go ahead. real quick. You know, for, for so many years we've heard the phrase, you know, well, you got to preach the word. You know, yep. preach the word, brother, or we preach the whole Bible, the whole word of God. And so what that means is for most people, that means that, well, we're, we've obligated ourselves to do everything that's in the Bible, the whole counsel of God. And so, and so when we get to verses like in James one twenty two, where it says, "Be doers of the word," well, what does that mean? Does it mean we 
put our faith in Jesus, which I believe that's what being a doer of the word is, is doing the act of doing, of putting your faith in Jesus or doing the word, which means doing every command, everything in the Bible from cover to cover that God that's that's in the Bible. Now we got to be quick to say, Jeff. We believe that the Bible is all is Scripture. It's all inspired of God. It's the, yeah, uh, it's yeah. all it, it's inerrant. I mean, I, I've said I believe it all the way through the maps. I mean, I believe the Bible is the inspired uh, Scripture, as it says in um, in in Second Timothy. Um, it's all inspired as God breathed out this profitable for you know reproof, correction, training, righteousness. That um, the Scripture is. Um, is inspired of God's all complete and without error. But and so, that, anyway, go ahead. And that, you know, or used the phrase the other day, kind of guidelines for it. So it is, is enormously, enormously significant. But I, you know, I think we've come to the place where it is possible to elevate the Bible above the person of Jesus Christ. No one would want to do that. No one admits to that. We don't consciously do that. But we kind of indirectly and without realizing it sometimes do that to where our relationship is more with the book than with the living person. And it's so much easier in some ways, though, to say, well, just do this verse here. This verse here says do this. You just do this. And and I, therefore, I'm doing, I, you know, I'm what God wants me to be. I'm now pleasing God. That's what we kind of feel like we're doing. We're pleasing God. We're making God happy because we're obeying this particular verse and we're doing the word, doing the Bible. That's the way we, we look at it. And that's, so you said the priest. You mentioned the word preach the word. I thought of that the other day, too. I mean, in Bible college, we heard that a lot. I mean, that's how you, you know, we were young men studying to become preachers. And, you know, many times we heard someone from the pulpit give us that charge, you know, preach the word, preach the word. And we took that to mean we're going to preach this book. You know, we're going to proclaim this book. Right. No, we're not going to use a lot of stories, not going to use psychology. We're going to make sure we say stuff that's in the Bible. That's what preach the word meant to us. And I got something more on that that we probably need to wait for the next time to break this to cover this. All right, we'll be right back. Roger, before we get back into um, talking about the Word of God and, and how that phrase is used uh, in Scripture and all that, we had interesting comment on Facebook the other day regarding our podcast that um, a listener. A mom in South Dakota said that her kids enjoy listening to it because they enjoy our accent. Do we have accents? Do we sound different than other people? Do we have accents? Is that the question? Yeah, I mean, it was directed to both of us. I I don't know, Jeff. Maybe we do. You know, I I guess I have heard. I have to admit that, you know, I I think – I mean, you have you have a distinct Southern drawl. I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> uh, but but when I, when I do kids blitz and fan blitz events up in north, particularly like Michigan and up, I mean, I do hear it all the time. They say, "Where are you from?" And most people guess I'm from Texas. You know, I don't know why this would sound like a Texas accent, but no, I'm from Kentucky. Reminds so. me that time when uh, when Andrew Farley asked us, we found him on the phone. He was inviting us to Baton Rouge, and he was talking about the brother, the brother Banner. Then he said, "Y'all are both from Kentucky, right?" And we said, "Yeah." Then we got thinking later. What's that have to do? Yeah, with what's, what does that mean? So. What's, yeah. So anyway, anyway yes. Uh, so, oh, I was going to tell you that when we got this new mixer, I tried to buy the um, uh, the y'all filter, you know, the southern accent filter, but it was too expensive. So we're everybody just stuck with what they got here. So if you're up okay. north, All right. but we will try to enunciate if that helps you northerners. So. Okay, so we are talking about the phrase "the word of God." You know, do we? 
and I, my view is that, you know, obviously you can't get away from years and years of conditioning, but it's, it's better to think of the Word of God as a person. And I think in Scripture, the Word of God is presented as a person, not a book. And various points on this, that I heard Wayne Jacobson say years ago, he says, the Bible does not refer to itself as the Word of God. And when I first heard that, and that was after I had kind of come to this epiphany of my own from John 1.1. 1, 1. Yeah. So when you heard it said that, it was not a total shock to me. I just hadn't heard anybody else say it. Yeah. And, you know, the more I think about that, I think he's right. And what the issue is that the, the Bible does not point to itself. The Bible points to Jesus Christ. And so if we, if the Bible, if we emphasize the Bible more than Jesus Christ, we're emphasizing, we're pointing to the pointer. And what we should be doing is pointing to the same the direction that the Bible points. Well, and Jesus made this yeah. exact point to the Pharisees, correct? Right. He said, you think yeah. in the Scriptures you're going to find life, and the Scriptures point to me. And I've, uh, I've got that here in front of me, John 5, 39. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. And, I mean, that's hugely significant. That he, You know, it says you think that in the Scriptures you have life. And what that does, See, that's something we can control. And so I kind of had the, I don't know that I would have articulated it just like this or admitted it out loud, but you kind of had the idea that just the more Bible verses you know, the more Bible verses you memorize and go over and over and over in your mind, then just you automatically grow. You automatically find life. And that's not true. No, There's it's a not. lot of people that have a no. ton of scripture knowledge that don't really know the life of Christ and, and live by the life of Christ within them. Well, see, what it does is it makes Christianity an academic exercise. It makes right. it all about education. It makes it all about uh, intellectual knowledge. It makes it all about, you know, the books you've read, the scriptures you've memorized. It's all about stuff in your brain. If you more stuff you, you don't cram in your brain, then the more spiritual you are. And we can control that. So we don't have to trust God for life. We don't have to trust God for spiritual growth and that. And it ends up the academic you know, if, if you know, a lot of people are just not academically inclined, yeah. and so it kind of makes them feel like they're second just class, never yeah. really going to yeah. be able to, to yeah. grow spiritually. Yeah. Hey, let me give you a scripture out of Hebrews, okay? Okay. Now, this is All one right. of the, the 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 premier scriptures in the Bible about the Word of God. It says this: "For the Word of God is living and active." Now, this is Hebrews four, verses twelve and thirteen. The Word of God is living, first of all, living, alive, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning of thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no, now here's the thing, verse 13, and no creature is hidden from his sight, not its sight. I believe that's talking there again about Jesus. Um, Let me give you another one. In, In Revelation 19, it says, he is clothed, in robe dipped in blood, the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Now that's clearly talking okay, about yeah. Jesus. Right. Um, and then there's, I mean, there's other places too where it's very clear that almost, I think, without exception, the Word of God in the New Testament refers to Jesus. When they quote from the Bible, they call it Scripture, as Scripture yes. has said. Now, Scripture literally means written. That's what the word means. So right. It's yeah. And what I noticed, and, and I've got a bunch of them here in front of me, I'll just read a couple of them, but when the Old Testament, and this is a huge point, I think, when the Old Testament is quoted by either Jesus or by the New Testament writers, they say one of two things. They either call it Scripture, like you pointed out, 
or they just say, it is written. Right. Like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it says, you know, it is written. And then in Matthew 21, you know, the cleansing of the temple, it is written. My house will be called a house of prayer. And Luke 24, when they're on the road with uh, the guys who Emmaus, they talk about the scripture, or they, they sometimes talk about the law, or they say the law and the prophets, but never does Jesus or any of them say, you know, the word of God says, blah, blah, blah. It is always, it is written, or like you mentioned, uh, Matthew 22, he says, you err not knowing the scriptures, or that verse already read in, in 539, you search the scriptures. He didn't say you search the word of God, you search the scriptures. Right. And or the Second Corinthians three sixteen, a very familiar verse, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that is absolutely true. But there is a thing that, you know, and so if, I think one thing, you know, we don't want people to go on a you know, a huge bandwagon and we're not there, you know, we we don't I mean there's a lot of people that have an incredible walk with the Lord and and the life of Christ is is clearly uh, demonstrated in their life and they would use the phrase word of God to describe the Bible. So it's not like, you know, it's not a mountain to, to die on or no, like no. that. But I think but, it does help with a couple of key scriptures. I think one of the biggest ones is this, there again, this verse in James, you know, because I've heard this all of my life. We got to be a doer of the word. In other words, if you're not doing all the stuff God tells you to do all through the Bible, then you're not a real Christian. You know, real Christians do all the stuff in the Bible. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's no way you can do all the stuff that's in the Bible, um, you know, all the commands. I mean, that we've called that raiding the, somebody else's medicine cabinet. You know, not every command was made to believers in Jesus. And we mm-hmm. believe it's all true, it's all accurate, but it was accurate in that situation, in that circumstance. I mean, you know, God is not commanding us like he did Abraham to take our son up and, you know, Alfred on, a, on an altar. You know, you wouldn't say, well, are we supposed to yeah. obey that? You know, that was a one-time <laughs> thing, and God spared his son and provided for him. But... You know, it's, it's ridiculous to kind of believe that, well, you know, we've got to, um, you know, follow every single command in the Bible. And somehow, I mean, that that's even worse. That's harder to do than it was to be Jewish living under the law. They didn't, you know, they had laws, but they didn't at least have a bazillion different, um, you know, uh, just random commands made to other people that they felt like they had to live up to. Well, one of the other key verses is Romans ten seventeen. Different translations translated a different way depending on which which uh, manuscript was used, and so some of the uh, sometimes some of them say faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. I think the more accurate translation, which is used in some of the ones that used the earlier manuscripts, the more recent translations say faith comes by hearing hearing the message of Jesus Christ. Right. And so you know, I used to think, well, hearing of the word of God again, just or I read the Bible again, I'm in control of that. I can I can read more. I can control that. But I can't control, you know, hearing the message of Jesus Christ. And that's not just listening to a bunch of sermon tapes. You know, that is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so there's an element of trust there. And so really what we're hearing and where the faith comes from is a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, when, when Jesus asked Peter, the disciples, who do men say that I am? And he yeah. says, you know, Peter, they finally got the right answer. Peter says, thou art the Christ, the right. Son of the living God. He says, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but my Father in heaven. Right. And so that's yeah. faith. They come as to, to reveal Christ to us in that right. regard. Hebrews 1 talks about God has spoken to us through his son, the word. Right. I, I agree with that. Hey, Couple listen, on, on the other side of the break, um, I need to tell you what's going on with me this week, okay? So um, we'll okay. Be, be right back. Okay. 
Well, Jeff, this is going to be a, an interesting week for me. Um, Lori leaves with her sister to go to Florida to visit their dad for the week. So she leaves Monday, gets back Friday. So I've got to take care of myself. And, um, I, and, I, and I totally acknowledge I'm a high-maintenance individual. And it's not what easy. What do you mean, wait You mean no adult supervision? No adult supervision. Not only that, which means I have now have the responsibility of taking care of the dog. Well, so it's me and do? Sedona. I don't know. This is going to be a long week. Huh? I haven't asked you lately. How, how are you in Sedona? Yeah, we're oh. doing good. Yeah, Sedona's good. Sedona's actually a fairly smart dog. I mean, she's only five months old, you know. So, but yeah, she, you know, she's an Aussie doodle and uh, she's very cute. She's growing like crazy. But uh, so this week, I'll have to feed myself and the dog. So um, it's going to be a long is your week. Gra- is your grass getting long with your tractor uh, or your mower? Well, no, because we have the two mower. mowers. We have two mowers. It's the big mower that's in the shop. Yeah, it's still broke. And uh, they say they're working on it. You know, there's only really, there's not too many Toro dealers around here. So, you know, I have to take a Toro dealer to get oh, this fixed. That, that reminds me of something just last night. So this was not in the one we, we recorded that we're not able to use from a couple of days ago. Regarding this, this relates to your so-called farming activities. A few weeks ago, you talked about building a fence. Right. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot uh, of that around on the farm, Jeff. We do a lot of fence well, okay. here. Well, hang on here. Hang on here. Okay. Before you get All right. too proud of that. Okay. And I'm not making this up. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm okay. just passing this along. <laughs> uh, my, you know, we're here with Teresa's folks, and um, her yeah. dad mentioned that, oh, yeah, we listened to the podcast, and he commented on the part that where you were talking about building a fence yeah. and pouring concrete in each hole. Of course, he's from Southern Illinois. He grew up on a real farm. And, you know, he, he knows all about farming and they used to, and, and like you said, they used to build fences on the farm, but he got and he was laughing himself. He, he said, they never used concrete. You know, they're out a big farm. It was a long time ago. You just dig the hole and then you put the, the dirt back in the hole around the post and you tamp it down back at the level that it, it gets as hard as a rock and it's just, just as good as concrete. The phrase that he mentioned, this is, again, this is not my phrase. This is his. Okay. He says right. pour, pouring con- pouring concrete in the post hole is a city slicker way of building a fence. Yeah. Well, Jeff, so let me just, just, first of all, I have done post holes in all different ways. I have done it exactly the way he's talking about. I have done it with dirt only. I have done it with dry packing, where you just put the um, the the, the, the uh, concrete at the bottom of the hole, and then put dirt on top of it, tamp it all down, and the, and the concrete will absorb the moisture from the ground and set up. And I understand that, or I've done this, put a little bit of concrete in the hole, put a little bit of water in it. I understand I've done it. I've done it always. You're getting getting kind of defensive here. You realize that. Well, maybe, but I'm just saying I know how. But I've actually done a lot of, you know, back in my um, pastoring days, I put up a lot of church signs, which means I dug a lot of holes (laughs) and put a lot of posts in the ground. Some of them were in places where I should not have been putting a church sign. I have a long checkered history of putting up church signs where I was not supposed to put up church signs, but uh, that's a whole nother. Okay. Okay. But I'm just saying, yeah, I understand why he says that they can't in a big farm, they can't tote concrete around. And I I get that, but you know, this is a big fence. It was a tall fence for one thing. It wasn't a four plank. Depends on what kind of fence, like the four plank fences that are like the post about five feet tall. You know, this is a very tall fence. We wanted to make sure it didn't go anywhere. So that's why we did it. I appreciate the feedback from your listener, (laughs) but believe me, I'm well versed in the fine art of putting post holes in holes and building fences or signs. (laughs) 
last little bit catching up. We did get our family picture taken. We haven't yeah. seen them yet, but um, that was a lot of fun. Getting a, a total of 18 of us, um, five, seven kids, five and under, trying to pose for pictures. And sometimes it went better than others, but we, we think we got enough. We're looking forward to seeing it. So we'll have more to share on that later on. Right. But anyway, back to the, the idea of the Word of God. The And what we often hear of, when you, when you bring this up, you say, well, the Word of God is a person. What do people say? They say, well, yes, Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word. So what What do you say to that, Roger, when, when someone makes that? Well, I've heard that forever, too. The Bible just never makes that distinction. You don't see that in the Bible anywhere. Right. Well, Jesus is yeah. the living word. The book is the written word. And even people who believe that when they talk about the word of God are always referring to the written word. Um, right. they, it's kind of there. It's kind of an acknowledgement. Okay, yes, we know it says the word became flesh, and so it's kind of a you know they're tipping their hat to that idea. But you know they're always still talking about the Bible when they say the Word of God, which is and not, you know, it doesn't aff- this does not offend me. You know that somebody says refers, yeah. refers because it's, it's all true. I mean, I believe the Bible. It's not that. It's just that there are certain scriptures that make a lot more sense when you ref- when you see that Jesus is referred to as the Word of God, and you read the Word of God, and I've got another one to bring up about that. But um, anyway, go ahead. And there's not, yeah, so we're, we're not offended by it, but but the point is, you know, you, Jesus, again, we've said this earlier, Jesus, the New Testament writers, never once referred to the Old Testament Scripture, which they had at that time, right. as the Word of God. We think yeah. there's better ways, and, it, yeah. and it, without wanting to, it, it kind of leads people to relate more to information in a book. Romans 7, you know, makes this comparison about the law and the spirit, and it says, so that, so that we should serve in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And so, it, you know, this speaks to the whole difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Right. You know, the Old Covenant was a matter of following written letter by letter words on a page. And too many times in the New Covenant, we just continue that just with new information. Okay, we've got better information, but the process is still the same. We're still yeah. following words on a page when the new covenant is not following new and improved words right. on a page. It's following a person who lives inside of us. Right. It, it just all became about, okay, well, what this verse here says, you know, well, what about yep. this verse? And so it just, and it just, your life with the Lord is a whole lot more than finding the right scripture reference for whatever it is. So you we all turn do into, don't do. we turn into spiritual attorneys. Yeah. Kind of, Splicing yeah. this word and that word, and that's why you know when you get in an argument like that or a debate with someone, and you get to that point, you know you just kind of already off track. Yeah. And um, you know the verse in Philippians two where Paul talks about you know if anyone has difference, and he, he doesn't talk about it, well just study it out more and see what the word says. Now yeah. you know there is a time to study scripture. Yeah. You know, yeah, Book right. of Acts, the Bereans were noble; they searched the scripture. So, so there is a point. Or what you said something the other day, and I mentioned it. But the guide, the guide rails. What were you saying the other day? Well, about that? And I know this this analogy breaks down, but you know, in, in a way, scriptures are, are like, scripture is like guide rails along the road. I mean, they do keep you, you know, on track, but the guide rails are not the point. The point is to go down the road, and so our life, our journey with Jesus, um, is something different than just understanding, you know, the guide rail, the guardrails, and the guardrails mind- keep you off out of the ditch. But uh, they're not the point. Right. So our, our minds can be deceived. And so, you know, Scripture does become an objective. But, you know, everyone interprets different Scriptures. It's amazing how even, you know, people can come up with dramatically, <clears throat> excuse me, different views uh, reading the same Scripture. But, 
you know, I think we would both agree. If someone said, someone just told us, well, Roger, Jeff, I don't need the Bible anymore. I'm just yeah. listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, no, we would. Yeah, we think that's unwise. We would question that and think someone is being misled. Well, see, I would say that, that that's a that's a great way to end up with your vehicle out in the field somewhere or, or in a ditch. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you you do need the Bible, but they're getting the Bible, says, but knowing the verse of the Bible is not the objective. That's the point. Or if someone says God told me to do such and such, and it's clearly contrary right. to Scripture, then you know, no, they're not. Uh, so there, there is a, a guidance that comes from Scripture. It comes from other believers and all that. Yeah. But that it's all pointing to the person um, of Jesus Christ. And right. this, you know, relates to this idea of feeding on the Word. We, we hear, hear that term a lot. You know, you need to um, feed on the Word. And again, you can see that a couple different ways. Is that just more information and more head knowledge? Yeah. And so for the people who like to read, they're kind of got an advantage over everybody else. We're feeding on the Word. You know, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit or listening, well, you know, learning about Christ right. and See, letting and I, the Holy Spirit reveal Christ to us. Right. And I believe, for instance, when it says it talks about the sword of the Spirit, it says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I think that's talking about Jesus. I don't think that's talking about the entire Bible. But I know places where they hold up their Bible and say, this is my sword, you know. And, well, I and mean, the, that's okay, but I would just disagree with that. I, think, I believe Jesus is the sword of the Spirit. And in John 6, where they have the whole section on the bread of life, and he fed the 5,000 and then goes into somebody that he is the bread of life. There's that passage in there, you know, do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life. The Son of Man will give you because the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered, John six twenty nine, and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him. Whom he sent. So that would relate to the James passage you mentioned about being doers of the word is really believing in Jesus. And we do the word by believing in the word. And first John talks about three twenty three, first John three twenty three, the commandments to believe in Jesus and to love one another as he loved us. All right. Hey, let's um uh, we'll be right back after this. Roger Sometimes you just have to respond when duty calls. There comes a time in the life of oh, man. I have no telling what's going on. Here, yeah. Here's the call of duty, and you have to decide, am I up to the challenge, or am I going to shrink back? And I have decided I'm not going to shrink back. <laughs> I'm going to rock <laughs> to the call of duty. And so the other day, I sent the email I gave them my credit card number. I paid my $35. And I know everyone has been wondering this. This is a huge question among our listeners. The answer is yes. I am again this year going to be volunteering as a marshal at the Barbersaw Golf Championship in Lexington, Kentucky in July. Now, Jeff, so what do you, think you, of said, that? you said the listeners want to know. There's, your family members want to know. I mean, your family members now listen to the podcast to get updates of what's going on in your life. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, two birds is that not? Time. Yeah. I mean, that's a little odd, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's just, okay. That's, that's fine. I yeah, mean, that, I, that does happen a little bit. I talk to my family members, but if they just want to, you know, hear it on the podcast, well, we, we, what you're doing, that's fine. We talk as well, but so um, <laughs> let me let me read you what I'm going to be doing. Oh These boy! The, uh, now, first of all, explain to me you're working for them, yet you have to pay thirty five bucks. I mean, why is that? I mean, what a racket they got going! I wish my employees had to pay me. 
all these people that work for you in the um, I, I keep it's not the IT department. What do you multimedia? No, department no I'm talking about on the have. farm now. The, my employees on oh, the farm. Well, I, know that. I, know I mean, that. I pay them. I mean, that'd be great. We had a deal where they'd pay me thirty five bucks to work on the farm, but. Well, it is less than last year. Last year it was seventy. This year it's just thirty-five. Oh, so it's a real so deal this less. year. You only have to pay thirty-five <laughs> bucks to work for them. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm just going to really have to pass on that. I guess I will not be answering the call of duty uh, to work at the Barbershop Golf them, Championship. I? Yeah, <laughs> you just really taking advantage of. That's right. Okay, so, so uh, what are yeah, you getting for the, your the thirty-five people, bucks, Jeff? Well, the, in case anyone doesn't know, PGA golf tournament is kind of, you know in the second year is kind of like think attack. It's during the British Open, um, so all the top golfers are over in Europe playing in the British Open. We get the golfers, but this is an official PGA event. But it's for the ones that are kind of left behind. Sponsored by Barbasol. Are, yeah, sponsored by Barbasol. Shaving cream which, company. Which, in case you're right, not uh, yeah, clear. which is a natural, obvious sponsor for golf tournament. But here's here's my written. These are the written. This is the written code here. So we're not going by the spirit here. We're going by the written letter of the law on this. <laughs> okay. So it says, provide, provide spectator control along all golf course tee boxes, fairways, crosswalks, and greens. So the spectators get out of control sometimes. And so you're there to make sure these rowdy golf spectators stay in line. Is that right? Uh, I got this yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so what do they, like, if you're not there, what are they going to do? Like throwing beer bottles on the course or well, on the fairway? Yeah, What's, I mean, that is the, the later in the day. That that is what I mean. Surprise, surprise! Alcohol is what kind of comes into play in these deals, you know. Oh, really? That it's uh, yeah, uh, you know, late in the day, and they've been <laughs> drinking a lot. <laughs> All those golf spectators are tipsy. Is that what you're telling me? So well, later in the day, some of them are. Yeah, really. So well, not, I not didn't all know of that. This one, but. Anyway, so part of my another, I'm, I'm I'm just getting started here. Spot and protect players' <laughs> golf shots outside the ropes. So they have, you know, they're. The whole course is roped off. The spectators are not allowed inside the ropes. But the ball but doesn't always ball, stay in the ropes. The ball doesn't know that. The ball doesn't yes. understand that okay. all the time. So the ball occasionally goes outside. And that's one of the most exciting – that did happen a couple times last year. That's one of the most exciting times for a marshal. You see the ball go outside the ropes. We just run to the ball, and we hold our hands up, and we shield everybody away. And that, that gives us an extra sense of – power, I guess, and influence of keeping everybody away. from. Well, it kind of justifies your job, makes you relevant. Well, one time, this actually happened in tournament last year, two balls went outside the ropes on the same hole, hitting toward the green. So I had to, you know, and I was just by myself. So I'm kind of, okay, yeah, I'm protecting this ball, but y'all, there's a ball over there too. So So you really rose to the occasion and you protected the lie on both, both golf balls. Yeah, so I also ensure, I'm, re- I'm back to reading here, ensure safe passage of players oh, from the boy. green to the next tee, assist with course evacuation if needed. So I'm, I'm, and that actually happened, you know, we had a storm come in last year, course evacuation, oh. you know, how we assist with that, I think is basically saying, Run y'all get shelter? out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and in the South, we say, y'all need to take shelter. You all need to run. Instead well, of touch y'all, it's run y'all. You so run y'all. They need to make another sign. Yeah, we hold these little cardboard signs up and, and in the they South say, last year, I guess we'll do it again this year. The PGA signs in the, for the tournaments in the South, instead of saying quiet, please, they say, hush, you all. And we'll get a picture of that on our, our field. Yeah, the, brother, this so tournament, golf tournament, is not t- televised, though, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It it's is televised. televised, really? Yeah. That might be on the golf channel as opposed to the main networks. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Is it televised? I, don't, well, real I didn't know. I mean, I, you know. I mean, There's I TV don't. towers all over the place. Okay. Yeah. Right. I could, now you said I, you I had to make one promise to me. Okay. 
What's that? Just I just asking what humbly request Boy, do you want that we you want not, me to hold up a John three sixteen sign? No, I just humbly request we don't have to talk about the Barbersaw Golf Tournament every podcast leading up to the the tournament. That's all I'm asking. Uh, so I, give I our listeners a little break, work. huh? No, anyway. So that there, there's there's more. Oh, you're not committing to this, are you? You're not. <laughs> Well, no, we'll leave it there. It, it gets complicated. It gets complicated. Yeah, it gets complicated. Okay, all right, all right. So, oh. so we'll we'll leave it at that. Though but that's coming up. It's, it's in uh, less than two months. So. Well, I'll tell you That'll the other big a, thing that yeah. happened in my life. Now it's not quite as exciting as being a marshal at the Barbersaw Golf Championship. Oh well, yeah, probably. But not. it's pretty exciting uh, to me. And then I clean my shop, Jeff. My shop just goes oh, every right, year. Yeah. It just becomes a complete disaster. And I mean, I hauled everything out. I had two guys help me, two young men, and we cleaned this thing out, threw things away, reorganized. And I'm so proud of my shop once again. So anyway, that's a big thing in my life, and you, I just want to share that. You do have an impressive looking shop, but I, I, I guess I'd seen it before. I'd, I'd forgotten about it until yep. I saw it a few weeks ago before we went to Baton Rouge, and then. Uh, well, yeah, I'm that, yep. that's uh, well. We do a lot of stuff here on the on the farm, Jeff. A lot of repairs, a lot of things like that. So, uh, and even though your listener may not approve of the way I dig my post holes, uh, we still we, we have a lot of ways of doing things. And I can we have there's not too many tools I don't have. And so, anyway, the one thing, uh, mounted on the mm-hmm. wall ne- neatly, and so I'm very excited about that. It's a big deal to me. One of the little off topic thing. It's one of the funniest things I've seen on Facebook for a long time. The other day, and I think you saw it. Because I um I think I ended up sharing it. Uh, Paul Ellis is the one that posted it about the Worship Leader Study Bible. Did you see that? Yeah, you yeah, I did. yeah. Go ahead. The something I don't know if I remember this exact, but the Worship Leader Study Bible, or he says I got a new I got the new Worship Leader Study Bible. It repeats the last verse of every chapter seven times. Yeah, <laughs> and I, that is you know so. Yeah, when these explanations instead of repeating the courses over and over. So, anyway, hey, do you know what, what else you ha- is big news here in Kentucky? Did you see this? That what happened to the Ark Encounter? Oh yes, idea. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Is yeah. that, that is quite ironic? Isn't yes, it? the Ark Encounter is suing the insurance company because they got flooded, and the insurance company didn't want to pay. And I, and I understand is it didn't actually damage the Ark. I think it damaged right, the roadways road. and some other things. Right. But yeah, the Ark Encounter got flooded. So how but that about is that? kind of fact is stranger than fiction yep. that the the Ark is suing the insurance company because they didn't pay. For the flood, the flood that happened around the ark. Yep. So, what do you? <laughs> what can you? What do you? Just what do you? What do you say about that? I mean, now you know. You mentioned real quickly. I had to ask you one thing before before we're done here. You, you had your family pictures taken, but you didn't say. Now, all your five, your seven grandkids are all under five. Were they able to, you know, maintain some discipline, decorum? Did they look at the camera? I mean, how did you? How do you corral <laughs> seven kids <laughs> under five? Uh, some of them were easier than others sometimes. But one of the interesting things, one of them, and I'll not name the one, but one of them was particularly fussy early on, but they had some particular type of food that he liked. Oops, already gave away the narrative down, so by saying he, but anyway, in the car, and they went back to the car, and he was like a new kid after that. It was kind of like those Snickers commercials, you know, huh. where someone's really, yeah. really the grumpy. Uh, you yeah. know, angry, and then you give them a Snickers bar, and they totally transform. That's kind of, this wasn't a Snickers bar, some other type of food they had for him. But, um, so well, well, we think well, the I'm like that. Evidently. I'm real grumpy. If I don't get if give me a candy bar, yeah. I'm in a lot better mood. I can I can understand that. Yeah, gruff. I think is what what's been yeah. what you've been describing. <laughs> yeah. as grumpy, but for those for the earlier podcast, but um, 
you know, we're really anxious to see them. And we evidently they tell us that we, we got one or a couple, two or three shots of just the seven grandkids around uh, Teresa and me where we're sitting on sets and the kids are right around us, kind of hanging on us. And I think some of those the ones that were watching seem to think they, they came out really well. So looking forward to seeing that. Jeff, I did even mention that not only not only is it me and Sedona on our own this week, but I also have a cat, you know, Ragamuffin. So yeah. I got to take care of Ragamuffin. And part of that, part of that is I got to keep Ragamuffin and Sedona separated. Because, they, you know, Ragamuffin is not really afraid of Sedona. Ragamuffin's a pretty tough cat, but she doesn't really appreciate being chased by Sedona. So Sedona will go after her. And so she climbs up into her cat tree, you know. And gets away, but anyway, I still try to keep the, me any serious dust ups there. So I got to feed back him up and take care of Sedona and myself for this week. So I well, appreciate all y'all's prayers for me. Well, we won't be back till Monday night, um, so I can't really help you before then. So you're on your own entirely around. Well, Mom's around, so if you have run into real trouble, you can call her. Yeah, <laughs> I may be doing that. So this remote doing this one by phone, I guess it works. We'll see how. Hopefully, it sounds okay. And- um, it's good to know that we can do this and then you know, open up to where we can interview people down the road for our podcast as well by phone. Yep. It opens up a whole lot of new possibilities. <laughs>